You know, we're all fascinated and obsessed with the coronavirus, COVID-19, Wuhan flu, whatever you want to call it. And um, that's why I have stayed in close contact with our friend, Dr. Michael Roizen of the Cleveland Clinic, the guy also behind the Age Proof Life series of books. And my favorite book of, of uh, 2019, What to Eat When, and the What to Eat When cookbook is due here any day now, so I'm excited about that. But Dr. Roizen is back with us. Doctor, are you healthy? How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm good. I'm I'm glad to hear that because I know you've been working. You've been talking to patients. A lot of them telemedicine versions of uh, consulting. Uh, but Doc, I put the word out to the radio audience that you were going to be on with us, and I said, "Hey, any questions for Doctor Royson? Because we've been debunking things. Like last week, we talked about that that guy who said, uh, "Put a blow dryer up your nose; it'll kill the virus in your sinuses." And you, <laughs> you're still laughing at that. So am I. I, I'm just afraid I'm going to walk into a public restroom and see someone sticking their nose in the hand dryer. And that would be very disturbing to me. But uh, here's the first question from uh, Pamela Patterson, I think is her name, says, uh, do survivors of the virus continue to test positive? Um, it depends on which test you use. There, uh, until now, we've used an antigen test meaning it tests do you have the virus in your system. When you clear the virus, that is when you get recovered from it, you should clear that test and be negative. That's the test that's been used to tell people they're free to go in back to society who had it in China and Korea, et cetera. Hmm. Um, we have not, in the, in the U.S., we've used symptoms. That is 72 hours plus seven days after you've gotten rid of the symptoms, we've said you can go back into society. Um, the, uh, if you will, the um, other test, which is just being rolled out, is an antibody test, meaning do you have antibodies to it, which presumably are not going away as long as you have immunity to it. So the answer is in the test, the test, the antigen, it should go away. Now, there are a few people, one of which has been on TV because I think he's 28 days now feeling symptom-free, having cleared the virus clinically, meaning he had a fever and cough. He is no longer has those, but he still is shedding virus. Huh. meaning he's still infective. So he's in Colorado, and they haven't let him out of quarantine yet. Um, and there are a couple others, examples of those in both China and Korea that are notable because they all, all of us have been using the antigen test. When you come to the antibody test, that will stay positive, we oh. hope. Okay, and that means you might have some... Uh, immunity to the virus. Exactly. Okay, that's good. Uh, Doc, I, I've heard the term comorbidity, and I'm wondering, is comorbidity in reference to conditions that you might have that could make you more susceptible or could intensify the effects of the virus on, you, on your body? Yes, or things the virus causes. So 
remember we have talked, and, and some of your listeners may not have heard us before, but we've been talking about this literally since January 15th. I think it was our first radio show on this, Michael. Yeah. And we talked about the major reason you get heart attacks and strokes and memory loss with this is that the inflammation that com- that is caused by your immune system attacking the virus and the cells that have the virus causes is so great that it breaks off plaques in your arteries and those go downstream and cause heart attacks, strokes, and memory loss, even kidney disease. So those that you've had in existence, that's a comorbidity, but the heart attack afterwards would be considered a comorbidity of the virus that the virus is causing. So the atherosclerosis is a comorbidity which sets you up. The virus pulls the trigger, if you will, of the inflammation causing a new comorbidity, you've got a heart attack or stroke or memory loss or you have a abnormal heart rhythm. That's actually the major cause of early death with this. Late death and in younger people seems to be due to the uh, attacking of, uh, by the virus of what we call pneumocytes type 2, which are specific cells, pneumo, specific cells in your lung that um, help you breathe or help you oxygenate when you do breathe. Huh. Okay. Well, it's all fascinating to me how this thing has developed and how slippery it is. Uh, Patricia Roby writes, uh, she was talking about comorbidity too, and said that I've heard diabetes and high blood pressure are two of the comorbidities that are negatively affecting outcomes. But the Italian data suggests um, three or more compromise half of the deaths. And uh, do those include those comorbidities, additional things like obesity, asthma, a family history of cancer? Yes. So all of these count as one. In other words, a heart attack or atherosclerosis, hypertension, type 2 diabetes, um, asthma, um, smoking, um, obesity, uh, vaping. All of those things count as comorbidities. Wow, this is this is so fascinating to me. Uh, Bob Madden out of Chicago writes, we're getting reports out of China now that some people who were infected got well and then like two weeks later were reinfected, even became symptomatic again. Does this imply that we don't build a permanent immunity to it once exposed? Yeah, you know, you can find almost anything on the Internet now relating to this. And so that's part of the problem. We don't know the accuracy of those reports. Okay. So if if, um, those reports were true, they are very, um, what I would call, scary to the medical profession because what we hope we get is a low-grade degree of the disease, get immunity to it, and then can go back and work and help others with less fear of real danger to ourselves, meaning we want to help people. I mean, that's part of what the medical profession does. And part of being able to do that is finding out that you've got uh, antibodies yourself and then can go back and work and help other people get healthy. Is that... 
if gonna... this is if these don't confer, if if you can get the disease again, we're in real big trouble for the medical profession help continuing to help the way they have because that means that the medical profession could get wiped out by this. Wow, that's a scary thought. It's they're already facing you guys are already facing a big enough battle as it is. Uh, Doc, is that immunity? Is that what they mean when they say herd immunity? No, what herd immunity is, is that enough people in the community have uh, antibodies that the virus stops spreading, and so you don't get the disease. In other words, the, the virus has to jump from one person to another, from an animal to a person. With this virus, it looks like it's mainly person to person, doesn't look like there's a simple animal reservoir. The people have said the pangolins and the bats are also, but no one's shown large numbers, and those are in small numbers in the United States. Um, so it's person to person, and if you're one person who has it, but the rest of your community, the our 300 people that you touch or surround you don't have it, and have immunity to it because they've had it in the past, then you can't give it to any of them. That's the basis of of vaccines. So if we give a vaccine to 80% of the people, then hopefully the you won't find one of the 20% that don't have it. Obviously with measles, and measles is so very infectious that if you don't get 99 plus percent people vaccinated, the measles virus will find the unvaccinated and infect him. Um, so what we hope is that a, we develop a vaccine. There are three companies now in human safety testing, Fauci said uh, the other day on TV. If that's true, um, then, uh, and he said he was going to let contracts, he has the power, and this, is, this was one of the great things, you know, as, as you and I talked on January 15th, I said, Fauci has already let uh, four contracts for vaccine development. He saw it, and on January 3rd, somehow he, he was smart enough to let four companies um, have contracts on this because NIH's budget, which he has control of, had enough money in its funding. CDC didn't, so they didn't, and, and the emergency preparedness office was closed, so they didn't have money there developed the test, which is why we got behind on testing and on, um, if you will, contract, contact tracing. So it was just a difference in the budget allocation. But NIH had it, and so now there are three, there are 16 companies that have contracts from the U.S. government now, the four that were original and 12 more since they got more money in that first bill. And now there are, he said he is going to, if they prove safety before they even prove effectiveness, he's going to ask those three companies if they're far enough along um, and show indications of safety, he's going to ask them to gear up so that we can get a vaccine by um, October. Well, that's, that's good news. His name is Dr. Michael Royzen. He is with the Cleveland Clinic. He's also my go-to guy on just about everything medical. Doc, I hope you will come back. The people love having the ability to reach out to you and ask questions. Thank you, my friend. My privilege. Thank you.